I'm the husband of one wife, the father of one son. Life should be simple for me, but I'm somewhat of a musician. Hmm. My name is Hovig. Welcome to my podcast, Drop a Note. Welcome to the second episode of my podcast. 50 minutes. That's how long it takes to drive from Limassol to the Larnaca International Airport. And those of us who live on the island of Cyprus have done that trip countless times, often in the middle of the night, to welcome or say farewell to family and visiting friends. Now, my story goes back around 20 years. I used to drive my dad to the airport to catch his frequent flights to Lebanon. Actually, the drive to the airport took longer than the flight itself, because it takes around 25 minutes to fly from Larnaca to Beirut. The distance is just over 200 kilometers. That's about 130 miles. So, two hours by car, if you figure out how to drive over the Mediterranean Sea, that is. You may remember from the previous episode that I was born and grew up in Beirut, the capital of Lebanon and the 15 years of civil war we lived through as a family, before finally relocating to Cyprus. For a number of years after our relocation, my dad continued his business in Lebanon, which meant he had to travel back and forth, a cycle of 15 days' work in Lebanon and 15 days with the family in Cyprus. So, during our trip to the airport, we would talk about this and that, often analyzing the latest football game we had watched, or delving into matters of regional politics, talk about how his business was doing, and so on. And then, around 10 minutes from the airport, almost at the identical spot every time, the ambush would happen. I know I have your attention, but I have to pause briefly here and open a parenthesis of explanation. I'm opening it now. I am the firstborn in our family, and more than that, the first grandchild for both sets of grandparents. At the time of this story, I was entering my 30s, and I had even bought a house. For my Armenian family, which is not unlike a Cypriot or other Mediterranean families, the only box that wasn't ticked was marriage. Now, the missing tick had become even more glaring ever since my younger sister and one of my brothers had been, uh, let's say, audacious enough to jump queue and get married before me. Imagine that, the firstborn. The other thing to mention, and I'm almost at the end of this dramatic parenthesis pose, is that most people who know me would say I'm not a violent person. I'm not prone to snap at people or make them feel terrified to talk to me about something. But when it came to the subject of marriage, and especially suggesting this or that girl for me, I would snap. And my family were genuinely scared to broach the subject or even drop a subtle hint to get me to talk. I wouldn't. If I have something to say about this, I will say it. That quickly ended the attempt. And here, I close the parentheses. 
10 minutes from the airport. My dad would go silent briefly. And then, timidly, So, son, is there someone on your mind? Another pause. You know, your mom and dad are praying for you. We just want to know, you know, the perfect ambush and the perfect timing for it. You see, when you're about to say goodbye to someone you love, especially if they're on their way for work and sacrificing for the family, well, you can't snap, you can't tell them off. You have to be nice. You don't want your final words to be harsh or disrespectful. So I would reluctantly talk about it. Relieved that the conversation would not last more than 10 minutes. A quick hug, drop off at the airport, and recover until the next ambush on the next airport run. But the story does not end here. You see, it wasn't just my dad flying regularly. I myself had to travel quite a lot for my job. And my colleague who arranged my trips reminded me that I had accumulated enough frequent flyer miles to fly anywhere in Europe for free. But, she added, the miles will expire this summer, so you should make the trip quickly if you want to use them. This was May 2003. As it happened, my good Swedish friend Niklas, who used to work in Cyprus and travel in the region for many years, was flying back to Sweden. He stayed with me for a couple of days, and I mentioned to him about my free flight anywhere in Europe. Come and visit me in Sweden, he said. My town is up north. It's called Önsjösvik, or Övik for short. Hey, that sounds like my name, I said. Why not? I'll come. I had been to Stockholm on work trips before, but never ventured up from the capital. My good friend Daniel agreed to come along. He knew Niklas. So we flew to Stockholm and took the eight-hour night train to the north. The views outside the train were breathtaking. This was midsummer weekend, the longest day when the sun doesn't really set. So green, so peaceful, so vast. Nicholas had arranged for us to have the traditional midsummer dinner with some of his friends. We walked into the house, and this girl came out of the kitchen holding a plate in her hand and with a big smile said, Welcome to Sweden. I don't know if you believe in love at first sight or fairy tale moments. If you don't, you may want to fast forward a couple of minutes. Actually, don't. You should probably listen even more carefully to what I'm about to say. Because the instant I saw that smile, my mind and heart suddenly called the truth and agreed with each other and came up with this simple declaration. I want to come home to this smile every day. Thankfully, I didn't announce my declaration out loud. Otherwise, Anna would have stayed far away from me the rest of the evening. As it happened, though, she did not, and we ended up talking about life in Sweden, in Cyprus, our work, our interests... My interest at the end of that night was to see her again. But the chances of that happening were none. You see, my visit was just for that weekend, and I was soon back on the plane to Cyprus. Usually, the out-of-sight, out-of-mind saying is true. But in this case, Anna's smile wouldn't leave me. After a week, I emailed Nicholas. It's just a thank you note for hosting us. 
And very casually towards the end of the email, I asked him about Anna. Does she have a boyfriend? Is she married even? See, I had no idea. Is she a nice girl? Should I contact her? He wrote back, no boyfriend as far as I know, not married, great girl, yes, contact her. Here is her email address. So I did. Uh, very innocent, hey, it was nice meeting you type email. Now, this is the part of the story that Anna usually takes over the narrative, and she often gets cold and shivery in the process. Thankfully, that's not her reaction to me. But the fact that when she received my email, she did not recognize the sender address and was about to press delete without opening it, thinking it was a spam. Had she done that, oof, now I get cold and shivery too. She says she stopped in the last nanosecond to reason with herself that her company's anti-spam filter was strong, so it wouldn't be spam, it couldn't be. Let me check. She opened it. And the rest is, I guess, a love story. We kept emailing back and forth, then text messaging, then finally had the courage to talk on the phone. Seven months of long-distance daily communication until we decided we would like to meet again, this time in romantic Prague. I remember being quite nervous about this reunion. We had grown to know so much about each other, but remember, we had only physically seen each other for a couple of hours that midsummer evening. A good friend of mine gave me this advice. Don't think too much. Enjoy it and be like a child. That's good advice when it comes to love. It's so hard to measure, to define it, to put your finger on what makes it happen. But if you are fortunate enough to have it in your life, enjoy it like a child. As I got to know Anna more, her smile became more precious and special because I realized she was smiling through pain. Anna was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis when she was only 15. The severe pain started all of a sudden one day, totally out of the blue. She was bedridden for a long time. The doctors doing all kinds of tests and trying all kinds of medications on her, some of which caused nasty side effects and, and dangerous reactions. Her life since then has been a journey with chronic pain, surgeries, and medication. See, a good day for Anna is when she has less pain. She never has a day with no pain. If you have chronic pain illness or live with someone who does, I think you know what I'm talking about. It's like the drip, drip, drip of a Chinese water torture. Yet Anna chooses to smile, to love, to care for others, and to forget the yesterday and look with hope to the tomorrow. I have to be honest here because, well, I don't know how else to be. We do have difficult days. We have tears. We sometimes have uncomfortable discussions about the future. If things get worse with her joints, driving, moving, walking, how? But that smile keeps appearing and radiating with hope, faith, and love. 18 years since I first saw it, and there's no one else I'd rather share my life with. Which brings me to today's composition, worth waiting for. I wrote this in 2005, just before our wedding, and I surprised Anna by putting it on the music album we were giving to our wedding guests as a gift. I remember sitting on the piano one night in Cyprus, 
and I was in Sweden back then still. And as I thought about her and the reality that she was about to become my wife soon, I started playing. The piece is unusual in that it does not have a clear introduction. It just starts unexpectedly, like that midsummer day. The melody has a call and response style to it, reflecting on the months of communication we had before we met again. As you may be noticing, even though the tune itself is quite simple, the accompanying chords vary and change quite a lot to convey layers of feeling and emotions. But there's a short sequence of three chords which keep recurring throughout the piece, sort of the signature of the piece. The first two chords are straightforward, but the last one has D and D-sharp together in it. Normally, if you play this in the same octave, they clash. But our ears uh, tolerate and accept them if they're slightly distant from each other. It's an unexpected subtle harmony, I guess. I actually finished the piece with the same sequence. It's left unresolved. To underline the waiting for in the title, and also the fact that our story still continues, it's not over. I wrote Worth Waiting For as a piano piece back then, and also put it in my recent Peaceful Piano album. It was not meant to be a song, but earlier this year I wanted to write lyrics for it. Usually I don't write lyrics, just the music. I leave the lyrics parts to friends and collaborators. But this is Anna's song, and I had to write the lyrics myself. Every word and imagery it created had to be exactly right. I spent many hours working on it in my head while walking our dog Simba. It's painstaking work, at least for me. I guess like giving birth to a child. Not for me. Finally, it came together, and I asked my good friend Johan, who incidentally was one of the musicians at our wedding back in 2005, if he would be the vocalist for it. Walking on my own On a path for two Each new step, a hollow tap A song without a tune Johan is a great musician. He is a greater friend. He is less of a great football player. But we have great fun together. He and I have done many music projects together over the years, and I'm delighted that he has finally produced his own album. The link is in the information below. Please follow him. And the music video of Johan singing it in the majestic snow-covered Övik is also on YouTube. All the links are below. If you enjoyed this episode, go back and listen to the first one in case you missed it. You really should follow the podcast. Do it now, otherwise you will forget to do it later. And while you're at it, Follow me on Spotify to make sure you get all my latest releases. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Just don't follow me in person, please, around Limassol. And don't even think of ambushing me just before Larnaca Airport. The copyright for that maneuver belongs to my dad. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Drop a Note. 
And I hope you tune in next time where I talk more about music and life and another composition. Until then, my name is Hovik and I am somewhat of a musician. Thank you.